0: Jeremiah 35, 35, you heard 31, I said 35, (laughs) I think I heard said 35, I never know what I'm saying anymore, I know, she's right there, I'll hear it all later, do you know what you said, did you know you misquoted that verse, do you? (laughs) Yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear. Greatest words you'll ever say is yes, dear. I'm sorry, dear, and I love you, dear. Just practice those, that little phrase. Mike, that goes for you right there. Are you listening, Mike? You better be listening. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Jeremiah 35, verse 1, it says, The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go unto the house of the Rechabites. I don't know if, I'm I don't know if it's Rechabites, Rechabites. I say Rechabites. You say Rechabites. We're, you know, it's like potato, potato, whatever. <laughs> uh, and speak unto them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jaazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Hebazaniah, and his brethren, and all of his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites, and I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of uh, uh, Agdalai, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, which was above the chamber of Maaseah, the son of Shalem, the keeper of the door. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups and I said unto them, Drink ye wine. And they said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab the son of Rechab our father commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons, forever. Neither shall ye build house, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any. But all your days ye shall dwell in tents that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Thus have we obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he hath charged us to drink no wine all our days. We, our wives, our sons, nor our daughters, nor to build house, for to dwell in. Neither have we vineyard, nor field, nor seed. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But it came to pass, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up into the land, that we said, come and let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians, and so we dwell at Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we could gather together today. What a blessing to be in church. What a blessing, Lord, to be among friends and family here in church. What a blessing, Lord, to be able to laugh and to be able to have a good time in church. What a blessing, Lord, to have a copy of your word. Thank you, Lord, for this book. You have been extra, extra, extra good to us Amen. by giving us a copy of your word, by bringing us into your family, the greatest family in the universe is the family of God. It is so good to, today to have a father that loves us and a father that cares about us and a father that treats us so well, treats us so good. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your goodness and your promises that we have in the word of God. And Lord, I pray that You'd bless us today and speak to our hearts through the message, through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit. Lord, we, again, just want to praise You today for everything You do for us, done for us, doing for us, and going to do for us. Lord, hide me behind a a cross. Lord, I I pray that You'd get Terry Fenton out of the way just so Your Word can go forth and something can be accomplished today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I was reading this the other day, and... I got to be honest with you, <clears throat> I may be preaching the same thing I preached before, but I have no record that I've ever preached this before. Does anybody remember the message that I preached out of here? Thank you. No. Good. That's exactly what I wanted. Maybe I never pre- I don't know. I have so many notes uh, in, with this passage of Scripture, and I, I went through all of my, my records, and I says, I don't know if I ever preached out of this chapter or not. So I'm going to do it today. Make it official. All right, we can write this down. I preach from Jeremiah 35 today, October 3rd, 2021. This is about 600 BC. This is when Jeremiah wrote this. All right, in that area, somewhere. I don't know the exact date. You might have it in your Bible. Schofield has a bunch of dates, of course, uh, uh, recorded uh, in that. And, and it's around 600 uh, BC, give or take. I think Schofield started off at chapter 35 at. At 590 BC, and he ends up at six something, but so I just rounded up to about six hundred BC. Um, the story of the Rechabites is an amazing story. It, it blessed my heart to read this the other day, and then I couldn't put it away. I had to keep reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it. I don't know how many times I've read it since I read it the first time the other day. Um, so I want to bring you some kind of a message out of this. I have the only notes I have is the Bible and some notes I wrote, um, I've been asking the Lord for help, so we'll see what happens, all right? We're just going to use the Word of God and what few notes I have down. You might be out of here by a quarter of, I don't know. Or it may be quarter to one, I don't know. I know I scared you, just relax, calm down. Um, we see two things in this entire chapter. I was going to read it the whole thing to start with, but I'm, I wasn't, I'm not going to know because it is of time, but I, I see two things here, and I wrote this down in my Bible, the obedience of the Rechabites and the disobedience of Judah, and that's after the verses I already read. That's verses 12 down to verse 19 is the disobedience of Judah. But let me give you a little, a little history of these Rechabites or Rechabites, however you want to pronounce the name. Um, these were descendants of Recha or Recha, however you pronounce that who really lived during the time of Ahab the king, remember Ahab? Pretty wicked king. <clears throat> this, this gentleman lived during that particular time and they, this, this gentleman here, Rechab, was a staunch, he hated Baal worship. Now this guy was not even a Jew as far as I know, okay, as far as I know from what studies I've done. Uh, I don't believe that he was Jewish. But he wanted to blend in with the Jewish tribe of Judah, which he did. He and his family, they kind of blended in with the tribe of Judah. They became believers and followers of God Almighty, of the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. They became followers of that tribe. They completely were against Baal worship. Now remember, Ahab and his wife Jezebel brought this Baal worship to to fruition, really, during their reign. Um, Jezebel was a staunch follower of Baal. And Ahab, of course, followed his wife and he did the same thing, became a very uh, staunch believer in Baal worship. But the Rechabites weren't. They were a nomadic tribe, and we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. Not Jewish, but really of the, the Kenite race. Uh, and they were even, that race was connected with the Amalekites. If you know anything about history in the Bible, Ma- the Amalekites. We're not fond of God or of God's people. And God's people weren't fond of the Amalekites. matter of fact, I'll say something a little dangerous here. God was not fond of the, the Amalekites. God wanted them wiped out. He ordered King Saul to wipe them out and he wouldn't do it. And to the destruction and downfall of Israel, that was one of the problems that they had is they would not get rid of this worldly group of people, the Amalekites. There was a lot of other ones that they didn't get rid of either. But apparently this, this tribe was associated with the Kenites. Uh, and they were connected with the Amalekites. But they did not want to follow the Amalekites. And what they were doing, how they were slaughtering Jews and, and hating the God of Israel. The Rechabites got a hold of, of Israel and said, you know what, I want what they have. Amen. They literally was, they became a very close alliance to the tribe of Judah. Um, and so when we look at these, this, this family, we say, this family did a tremendous transformation. And then they gave this, this command through Jonadab. Now, Jonadab was the son of Erechab. Now, it's not the same Jonadab that was David's nephew that caused Amnon to sin. Remember that, Jonadab? Yeah. Amnon had a friend, bad friend. John, this is a different guy. This guy whole, whole is different, a whole different individual. Same name, different pe- person. Sometimes there's a lot of same names in the Bible. You've got to differentiate between who, who's, who's that talking about. Uh, so this is a different Jonadab, But um, as, as we see here, God is going to test them. <gasps> God tests? Amen. Yeah, yeah. God will toss a little test once in a while your way. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to see, what, you know, how faithful are you? You say you're faithful and you say you love me? Let's let's check it out. I think God likes to check us out once in a while, uh, and He'll just He'll toss a little test. And when I was reading this, it looked like God was tossing him a little test. Okay, um, let's see how faithful you really are to your father, going way back, literally two to three hundred years from this particular time. Recab and Jonadab gave this command two to three hundred years prior to this. It wasn't just yesterday. They've been living this this whole thing for the last two to three hundred years. No wine. Now, this wine is not an alcoholic beverage. I don't believe that. I believe that this was just wine. Pots of wine. Pots of wine, a whole bunch of bowls, slurp up all you want, guys. Um, I guess it could have been an alcoholic, but I don't believe that God would have set down an alcoholic beverage in front of anybody. Jesus didn't turn water into an alcoholic wine either at the marriage of Cana. That's what everybody says. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. I can drink wine. No, it does not give you the license to drink wine because Jesus turned the water into wine. That's a different message. I'm not going to spend any, much more time on that. But wine is a generic term in the Bible that means a grape juice or an alcoholic beverage. Right, right. So just because you read the word wine in your King James Bible does not mean, ah, I think I can drink doesn't mean that at all. The Bible has more to say against drinking and drunkenness than, 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 than not. It has a lot of warnings. And anytime time the Bible gives at least one warning, that should be enough of a warning right. to stay away from something. Amen. Amen. But in this day and age, we have people that just, you know, think that they can do anything and get away with it. Well, you might be able to get away with it for a while, but it's going to catch up with you. And so God just says, "Hey, give them some good good juice." Just uh, just let's see if they're going to continue to go along with what God or what their father. Remember, this is an earthly father that gave them this command. It wasn't God the father. It wasn't God that gave them this command. It was an earthly father, right? That's who it was. Earthly father gave them a command. And so they, they call them all in. They were there in Jerusalem anyway, so they call them all in, and they sit them down, and he says, here, we're, we've got some fresh, stomped grape juice right here for you. And uh, we, we want to refresh you with this. And so they, they set up the pots full of wine and give them some bowls and whatever. they, they did Cups, it's, I'm sorry, in verse 5 it says cups. And they said, hey, go ahead and drink. Nothing wrong with this. It's good stuff. You'll enjoy it. And they says, hmm, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, verse 6, our father commanded us, saying, ye shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. He doesn't stop there. He goes on and he reads some more, or he says some more, neither shall ye build house. All right, so they're not to drink wine. Number two, they're not to have a house. Come on, Dad, aren't you getting a little, <laughs> this is a little crazy here. I can't drink wine, I can't build house, I can't sow seed, I can't have a farm, I can't have a garden, I can't even sow seed, nor plant a vineyard, can't have a vineyard, nor have any, it says, but all your days you shall dwell in tents, that ye may live many days in a land wherein, where ye be strangers." So, you guys, uh, from now on, you're not to have a house where you can call home. You're not to have a field. You're not to sow anything in the field. You can't plant your own vineyard. Matter of fact, three words, nor have any. You can't have anything. What's going on? (laughs) Fire drill. (laughs) So, you you can't do any of this stuff. Um, you would look at that as maybe some ex- a little extreme. Um, you're only to, to live in tents for the rest of your life. Yeah. Live in a tent. How would you like to just live in a tent the rest of your life? No, thank you, right? I heard somebody say, no, no, no. Don't want to live in a tent. You want to live in a tent? Why don't you just go out and live in a tent the rest of your life? No, no, you don't want. You don't want a tent. You want a comfortable house where you go in. There's your house. There's your fancy living room, comfortable living room. The big flat screen TVs on the wall or sitting somewhere, right? You wanna have your kitchen, nice ladies. Got the microwave, you got your stove, you got your sink, you got uh, what else? You got your little thing that does this in this corner and you got your little thing that does this in this corner. You got a little something over here that does this and you just push some buttons or now they have them where you just voice command, you know. You go to your refrigerator now, refrigerator now, I've seen, and you touch it and it, it lights up and shows you everything in there. Kathleen, I have joked about that. I don't want to be able to see my mold. i just kidding. I don't want to be able to see what's in my refrigerator. I love you, honey. I'm just, I'm just, this is our little conversation we have once in a while. It is kind of crazy. Now you've got refrigerators that you can order your stuff online Anybody have one of those? No. <laughs> Nobody in this church has one of those where you can order. I mean, but they have them. I've seen them at Reesters. I've seen them at Lowe's. They've got them. You got them over at Reesters, right, Mike? Well yeah. I mean, they do everything for you. They tell you what's for dinner. They tell you how to make your dinner. That you can get recipes on the on your refrigerator, on your microwave. I mean, it's it's incredible nowadays. Today, just and tie it into your, it. huh? If it's so I it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. If it did all the work. Yeah. But see, you got to open the thing up. You got to pull this out, pull that out, and you know, and then you got to cook it, and it. Yeah, that's way too much work. Um, but we have so many niceties today, don't we? You pull up to your house, and some of you got a garage door opener. Pop that little button there, and a the garage door comes up, and you pull in. You push the button, yeah, down goes the garage door. Winter comes, and go out to your warm car. Hop in, push the button, out you go, push the button, down it comes, and off you go. You don't ever have to go out into the snow at all. You have somebody else come and plow and shovel for you, and you've got it made. We have all the the things, the nice things of, we go in and there's our fancy, comfortable bed and pillows, we all have my pillows nowadays, you know, Mike Lindell's my pillows. We all have the nice things of the world. These poor Rickabites... They had to live in tents. But you know they were satisfied. They didn't, they didn't mind. Their nomadic way of living, that was their life. Live in tents. Pick up tent here, go off somewhere else the next day if they had to. It's just the way they lived. Most of you, most of us, let me put me in here too. Most of us wouldn't want that. If your father said this is the way you're going to live the rest of your life, Sure, Dad. See you later. <laughs> I'm 18. I'm 21. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go get me a good job and get me a nice house and get me a nice car and get me, a, you know, right? Get your nice toys that you all have, that we have, things. These guys says, "Okay, Dad. If that's if that's what you think is best for us, that's the way we'll live." They've been doing this for about 300 years. 300 years they've been doing this, without without. Without doing anything against what their father, earthly father, said. Amen. Dad said, "Hey, live this way." He said, "Okay, okay." Wow, that to me is an amazing family right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a hard enough time telling our kids to clean up after themselves. Ah. <clears throat> pick up your room. Yeah. Did you make your bed today? Why? I gotta sleep in it tonight. What do I gotta make it up for? <laughs> Did you pick up the trash? Did you do anything? I mean, you know, it's today. If the kid's not doing this. He's doing this, <laughs> right? I mean, that's pretty much the way it is today. I mean, it's hard to get kids to do what they're supposed to do around the house. Our motto is, if they can walk, get them working. <laughs> right? If they can walk, you find something for them to do. Right? Polly, you got some responsibilities at home, huh? Polly's doing faith promise now. Little Polly's doing faith promise. But he's doing his faith promise from the chores that he does around the house. Train them young. (laughs) Amen. Train them to give young and to work young. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. But the Rechabites, they've been living in tents. They they didn't even want to move into the city. They only moved into the city of Jerusalem because their life was in danger because of Nebuchadnezzar coming in and and taking over um, Israel. That's why they said, hey, we're only here because we felt that our life was in danger. And we came into the, into the city. They actually preferred their tent living in the country over city life. That tells you a lot about these people too. Amen. They haven't, they haven't built any houses to dwell in, he said. We had no vineyards, no field, verse 9, nor seed. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab our father commanded us. I got to say that this group of people were pretty amazing just by obeying an earthly father. And then we see in verse 12, Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will ye not receive instruction to hearken to my words, saith the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, that he commanded his sons not to drink wine are performed. For unto this day they drink none, but obey their father's commandment, notwithstanding, I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye hearkened not unto me. So the Rechabites obeyed their earthly father and did nothing or performed everything that the earthly father told him to do, right? From what we see recorded in Scripture. God says, I've been telling you folks what to do for all these years, and you'll do nothing that I tell you to do. You'll obey an earthly father over a godly father, is what God's rebuke to Jerusalem was, or to Judah, I should say. And he's literally using the the, the family of Jonadab as an illustration as an example of people that are simply being obedient to their earthly father, as really a rebuke to the rest of Judah and Jerusalem and Israel, because they refuse to obey. Verse 15, I have sent also unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them. Saying, return ye now every man from his evil way and amend your doings and go not after other gods to serve them. And ye shall dwell in the land which I have given to you, to your father and to your fathers. But ye have not inclined your ear nor hearkened unto me. I've sent preacher after preacher to come in and and to talk to you. Prophet after prophet to tell you what 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 I'm saying and you refuse to listen to me. And yet... Here's one man, Jonadab, told his son, and his son told his son, and his son told his... This is how we live the rest of our life, the rest of our existence. God says, there's a a problem with this. I have given you instruction, and you have refused to hear me. But you'll listen to your earthly father. Again, God used these people as an example of obedience. Strict obedience. Obedience to an earthly father. But those of Judah, would, he, they wouldn't be obedient to their heavenly father. It seems that we have people today that would rather listen to somebody else than God the father. And the word of God. Again, the Lord said, hey, I, I sent prophets. I sent these men to preach to you, to give you the word of the Lord. And you refuse to listen. We have people today called preachers, missionaries, evangelists, go around preaching the Word of God. Yeah. Come on. And the Word of God is to be obeyed. Yeah, so often today the Word of God is ignored. Amen. Just completely ignored. We would rather have our houses and our things and our money In our time, my time, preacher, why in the world do you want us to be in church three, four times a week? It's my time. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. The Bible instructs us to read this book every day. And when you don't, you disobey God. The Bible gives us clear, clear evidence of praying always. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Amen. And so Bible reading, prayer, church attendance, giving, we could get into all of that. You're saved but not baptized. Mm-hmm. Baptism comes after salvation. Right. Church membership. You should, be long, you, belong, you should belong to a church. Mm-hmm. Witnessing. Passing out tracts. I know the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt pass out tracts. It doesn't say that. I know. Thou shalt invite people to church. No, it doesn't say that. I know that. But it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are instructed and demanded or commanded to witness for the Lord. Yet how often do we ignore that? You hear that small, still voice in your heart saying, Give give the gospel tract to that man right over there. And we say... And oh, no, 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 no. we just go on our way and we ignore what God had just told us. Amen. Invite that person to church. They need to be in church. Rechab and Jonadab and the Rechabites were an amazing group of people that not only followed their father, earthly father, but they followed their heavenly father also. They were obedient to God. They were obedient family members, they were obedient by just being there in Jerusalem. They were obedient uh, to be able to serve God as much as they simply could. The Rechabites believed in obedience, obedience. They simply believed in obeying God, well really obeying their father, but obeying God. Did you know when you strictly obey your earthly father? You're also obeying your heavenly father. When you disobey your earthly father, you're disobeying your heavenly father. Kids, we don't have too many in here, young people, obey your parents all the time. Um, So they not only were obedient to their own father, their earthly father, going way back hundreds of years, but they've been obedient to their heavenly father also. God says, I have a problem with the children of Judah. I've told you things to do, and you just refuse to do it. You won't do it. God has instructed all of us in so many things that we should be doing for him. You at know, times we just, no. Uh, I'm going to do my own thing. Go my own way. Believe what I want to believe. Take a few things from the Bible that I can use, but the rest of it, uh, just, I, can't, I can't live all of that. Preacher, you know, you, we can't live all of that. Well, the Lord wants us to be obedient. It's pretty much really all He really wants, is He wants our obedience. Samuel had said something to Saul that obedience is better than sacrifice, to obey is better than sacrifice. Saul, King Saul, took a lot of things into his own hands. Um, And uh, he did that day by offering a sacrifice before Samuel got back there. He didn't wait to the end of the day. He waited to seven days, but Samuel didn't come within the time period of Saul, King Saul. He says, ah, let's take this, let's do this now ourselves. He thought he was doing the right thing. But you're never doing the right thing when you disobey God. Never. Never. So Samuel wrote that down. To obey is better than sacrifice. It's better to obey, simply just obey, than to do anything else. We seem to have lost the, the art of obeying. Even us adults have lost the art of obeying. Again, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I feel like doing. Come on, admit it. Sometimes that's, that's the way we are. We're going to do what we want to do. The Rechabites are a tremendous example in the Bible of obedience, obeying their, their father. Verse 16, it says, Because the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them, but this people hath not hearkened unto me. Therefore, thus saith... The Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard, and I have called unto them, but they have not answered. Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because ye have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and kept all his precepts, and done according unto all that he hath commanded you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. In other words, there shall not ever be a man cut off to stand before God. Because of their obedience to their father. Their heavenly father. I'm sorry, their, their earthly father. But Jeremiah is saying, because you, you have done amazing by just keeping your father's commandment, God is going to bless you greatly for that. And God did. God blessed this family of the Rechabites. The Moorish Bible Dictionary, if you have one, or this is what I heard or what I read from them, it says this: Travelers in the East have met with people who trace their origin back to guess who? Recab and Jonadab. And who appear to, or or appeal to the scripture as a proof of God having preserved them throughout all eternity. There are still about 60,000 of them dwelling in tents in the oasis of the desert in the Middle East. Approximately 60,000 of them still dwell in what? Tents. Tents. Would you say they took their father serious? Uh Still dwelling in tents. They could have gone off and away from dad and said, you know what, I'm tired of the tent. I'm tired of sweeping dirt. I'm tired of laying on a hard dirt floor. I'm tired of living out here just trying to survive off the land. I'm moving into town. And I'm getting me a nice house or a nice apartment or a nice condo. I'm getting me a nice car. I'm getting me a nice coffee maker and a microwave <clears throat> and a nice electric stove or a gas stove, whichever you prefer, and I want me a refrigerator that talks back to me, and I'm going to have all of the things, the nice things of this world. Give me a microwave to throw my food in there. hit a couple, <laughs> within seconds, I've got dinner ready, lunch ready, breakfast ready, snack ready. They didn't do that today. 2,600 years, 2,000, almost 3,000 years ago. ReCab lived and Jonadab lived and said, guys, this is where you're going to live the rest of your posterity. And they've been passing it down ever since. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. They listened to their earthly father. But are we listening to our heavenly father? The thrust of the message today simply is, is Are we obeying God? Do we obey God? You say, Well, I think I'm obeying God every day. Well, how do you know if you're not? How do you know if you are? Well, I think this book gives us the answer by spending time in the Bible. God will say, uh, You've been a little disobedient there. He'll also say, I believe that you've been good there, you've been, you've been obedient there in that section of your life. But as we read the word of God, as we, as we soak in as much of this book as we can, God will reveal our disobedience as well as our obedience. Oh, yeah. He'll, He'll make it clear to you where you've been disobedient. Problem today with many is, is they don't read the Bible. Many of Christian today, Christian, I'm not saying you're not, you know, not I'm not even saying you. I'm just saying there's Christians today that claim to be Christians, and I don't doubt that they are. They spend very little time in the Bible. Everything else is more important. Let's see. Bible reading on my checklist. Here, I've got to do this. I've got to pay the mortgage. I've got to go visit Aunt, Aunt Helen. I've got to do this and this. I've got to mow my lawn. I've got to fix this, and I've got to do all of this work. And oh, Bible reading. Yeah, if I can get to that, I'll get to it. And prayer usually falls underneath that. Church attendance, that's not even on the list. Somebody recently said, Pastor, Sunday is my only day of, of rest and recuperation. Well, what, what a, where is a better place to rest and recuperate? Right. I'm the only one up here doing any work. You're sitting there dozing, some of you are napping, you know, some of you are writing notes and just having a grand old time. I'm the guy doing all the work here. I don't get a day off. I don't have a day of rest and recuperation. This is my rest and recuperation. I like what I do. And if you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Folks, obey God first. Kids, obey your earthly father. Kids back there, I see you back there. All of you kids around here, You obey your earthly father. You hear me? You obey your earthly father. Where's Jeffrey and Jonathan? I'll get the word to them tomorrow morning when they get off the bus. Come in here, boys. Have a seat. Here we go again. Yep. Yeah, they spend a lot of time in the pastor's office. Just for friendly, you know. Folks, the Rechabites were serious when it came to obedience. Uh And I showed that to you from the scriptures. And a little historical, (laughs) extracurricular stuff from the Moorish Bible Dictionary. How obedient are you to God? Father, thank you for the message. Thank you, Lord, for the Testimony of the Rechabites, Jonadab, and how serious he was to make sure that his family did what he thought best for them. So often, Lord, we get tied up in this world so tightly that we dread going outside of our own little world and doing anything outside of what we want to do. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you as the Rechabites were obedient to their father. It's traced back 3,000 years, almost 3,000 years. They have been still living the same way that they've been living for this amount of time because they don't want to disobey their earthly father. Oh, if we had Christians like that today in all of our churches. And thank God for the Christians that we do have that are living an obedient life to you. Lord, bless them, continue to have them to be obedient to the things of you. Lord, those that are not, I pray that you would get a hold of the hearts and souls of those that are not obedient and convict them of their need to obey you. So, Lord, we just praise you and thank you for this passage of Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for putting it in the Bible for our learning. If there's anybody here today that's not truly born again, I pray that you would speak to their hearts about their need to be saved. I pray, Lord, also that every one of us in here would recognize how important it is for us to obey you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.